three, two, one. Welcome to Big Time Whoopsies. My name is Eric McAdams, and this is a podcast about incompetence. Each week, I tell you, the listener and a friend of mine, a story from history involving massive incompetence. Today, I have my friend Andrew on the podcast. Say hi, Andrew. Pirates, pirates, pirates. <laughs> we want the pirates. Yeah, uh, this is this is the first time I think this Ooh. has happened. I've taken a request. <laughs> I've never done that before. My guest, my my guest Andrew was like, "Bring me on your podcast. Tell me a story about pirates." Dude, I want to talk about the pirates. I just why? Why is this like the what your thing? Why is this the one? Topic. It's never been my thing. Um, I just, I, when I listened to the last few, they seem to be missing pirates. <laughs> I haven't gotten pirates yet. I haven't heard a, heard an inkling of pirates. There's been no pirate talk so far. Seemed, <laughs> seemed like a bit of an oversight. Yeah, real gap in the historical knowledge. Right, exactly. It's like you're trying to have a bit of an anthology here uh, you know somewhat comprehensive view of incompetence there's got to be some dumb pirates right yeah oh there are a few i found some perfect as it turns out other than johnny depp yeah so for 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 that segue uh we're going to be mostly talking about pirates in the golden age of piracy the golden age of piracy is typically defined as being like the late 17th century and early 18th century came to an end in the 1720s and we're going to be focusing pretty much exclusively on the late 17 teens okay yeah it's a really right. tight not my favorite pirate period but what is your favorite pirate period then andrew <laughs> enlighten me Damn, you called my bluff. I wasn't ready for a follow-up question. <laughs> there are, like, a lot of different pirates throughout history. Whole nations have been started by pirates. I'm worried I'm going to say something problematic, so I'm just going to let that die. <laughs> problematic how? <laughs> something that could go, I don't know, that could be offensive to pirates. I don't think we have any pirates listening to this. That's true. They don't have to illegally download it. Aha. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh my god. Wait, how many how many bad how many bad pirate jokes can we make in one episode? Well, we're at one. <laughs> <laughs> it was by me. <laughs> so never thought you'd be the one to slip up. <laughs> yeah, no one expects me to make bad jokes. That doesn't sound like me. How are you doing today, Andrew? Uh pretty hungover. Pretty tired. Well, that's actually pretty thematically appropriate, as it turns out. Oh, really? Yeah. You're, you're saying pirates like to drink? Yeah, I don't know if you've heard this, but pirates liked alcohol. Did they like eating Burger King for breakfast? <laughs> because that's also something I did in the last 12 hours. Well, I, I, don't, I, I can't speak to that one. I don't think I have a lot of historical <laughs> precedent there. So, you might have noticed, Andrew, we didn't start with the cold open that we usually do, because normally in an episode of Big Time Whoopsies, I start each episode by asking a really obvious leading question that has to do with the later thing and get my guests' view on what they would do in a similar situation. Mm -hmm. This time, that question is going to be a much more central part of the story, because we're going to play a bit of a game as I tell you the stories of these pirates. When we get to specific situations in the pirates' lives, I'm going to ask you what you would do in the same situation. Oh, man. It's like I'm a real pirate. Yeah, I'm putting you in their shoes or their boots, <laughs> I guess. In their cowboy boots. Mm-hmm. That's what I picture. Isn't that weird? Like, I picture pirates having, like, cowboy boots on. They like, did, my... but, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I know, but, like, when I picture, like... Like, if I were going to be dressed up as a pirate for Halloween, like, I would ask someone to borrow, like, cowboy boots. Yeah, they had... I'm not sure what the kind of boots they wore were, but they had different ones. Or they just went barefoot, because they were sailors. This is really good radio. I'm just... Talking about pirate boots. <laughs> yeah, you know. Should we get started? Yeah, let's do it. I'm going to tell you the stories of three different pirates over the course of this. And I'll stop at certain points and ask you what you would have done in the same situation. The first is named Howell Davis. 
How old was he? Uh... <laughs> That's two bad pirate jokes. <laughs> Keep the timer going, folks. We'll pack in as many as we can. Howell Davis was born in 1690. He was serving as a mate on a slave ship that was overrun by pirates led by a man named Edward England in 1718. So he was ju- he was uh, 28 years old when this happened. The slave ship apparently did not have a particularly well-loved captain. This was something this was something of a calling card for the pirate uh, Edward England when he would capture ships that had hated first mates, hated superior officers, hated captains, he would allow uh, the crew to torture and kill them as opposed to him torturing and killing them. It's very thoughtful. Yeah, it's a nice bit of catharsis. Edward England would also give uh, captured pirates the chance to join his crew if they so wanted. It's not really clear all the time what he would do if they didn't say yes to this. Like, I presume he killed a lot of them. Yeah, no, that's what it sounds like. But there's also a chance that he, like, just let them go, like, brought them to a port and just said, go on your merry way. (laughs) Oh, you don't want to join me? Oh, that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'll just drop you off. Yeah, just, here's an island. Have fun. I don't know. Uh, Are you asking me what I would do in that situation? Like, what I, what I, what I Howell Davis initially refused, but England kept asking him to join his crew. What would you do? Guy who just killed your captain. Killed my captain. Asked you to join his pirate crew. I would go down with the ship. I'd tell him to... Wait, can I curse on the podcast? Yes, you can absolutely fucking I'd tell curse. him to fuck off. Nice. Nice, nice, nice. Yeah, dude. Said the F word. <laughs> I was more at the sentiment there. You just say, fuck you to the pirates. I'm an honest sailor, and I'll die an honest sailor. Yeah, go down with the ship. You killed my, uh, you killed my leader? Go fuck yourself. Hmm. Howell Davis joined. <laughs> Slimy. Scummy move. It was, yeah, I mean, but it turned out okay for Howell Davis because England, oh, Edward England, by the way, guess where he was from? That's England. right, it's Ireland. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. And he changed his name. Like, this was his nickname. His his real name was, like, Edward Seeger or something. And he did, like... He changed it to England? Yeah, and he was Irish. Yeesh. <laughs> Talk about someone with some problems of his upbringing. Yeah, England was one of the more humane pirates of the era. He was said to be pretty well-educated, although there's no real evidence. that I should say a disclaimer. Uh, most pirates of this era, we don't really know jack shit about. A lot of our historical evidence comes from a couple uh, books that were published at the time. One of them being uh, called the a General History of the Pirates, which was written by Captain Charles Johnson, who was not a real person; it was a pseudonym. Like it's, there's a lot of embellishment and exaggeration, and even just some complete fabrication in a lot of these accounts. So you don't know that pirates were pretty impressive. Oh, they were, there were plenty of crazy stuff happened with pirates and a lot of, and like the guys that I'm talking about existed. We know that, but the stories that we have can't, we can never say they were a hundred percent accurate. Like take whatever I'm saying with a grain of salt. Mm. Anyway, I'm going to take it all at a hundred percent face value. Sounds good. (laughs) (laughs) If If there's, if there's nothing else I want from this podcast, it's listeners who don't doubt my word ever. And do and believe whatever I tell them. Exactly. You have me where you want me. Mm-hmm. Davis joins up. He he resists at first, but then he was like, "All right, fine, I'll be a pirate with you." Part of the ship, part of the crew. Yeah, and because of this, England gives him an entire ship to cam- to command. Wait, so he... <laughs> <laughs> were the guys on the original crew pissed? Like you just brought this new guy on. It's like you and you gave You would him think, a ship. right? You'd think they'd get mad. Oh, welcome to uh welcome to the new team. You get the biggest locker. <laughs> you get the best parking space. Yep, right up front. He's my favorite. Just remember that. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty and like I that seemed pretty weird to me too, but it happened and he just gave Davis a ship and It's like a signing bonus. And, like, they were loosely affiliated, but Davis didn't, like, work for England after this. 
Like, they would, they joined each other in, like, battles occasionally, but mostly Davis went his own way. Hmm. And as it turns out, Davis was one of the cleverer pirates of the era. The The typical pirate attack was you'd, you'd be in a smaller vessel. This is, this is, by the way, a fun fact. Pirates didn't like the gigantic warships. They liked smaller sloops with just a few guns, and then they would just stuff men in there so that they could board and overwhelm the enemy with manpower. I always imagined the pirates would just take whichever boat was the best. Yeah, you know I, I mean, mean... So, like, if they are if they had, like, a small boat that they really liked that they were currently on, but then they looted a really cool ship, they would just take that one. That's kind of true. I mean, but more often it would be, like, they would... If, if they could use a ship, they'd just add it and use both of them. Oh, yeah. I guess you have more than one guy driving. And because... And it's easier to take smaller ships, so they would tend to have, like, just a bunch of small boats mm. sailing together. A little flotilla. Yeah. So, you know, a larger ship could get taken down by a few smaller boats coming up along the sides. And then just, like, a hundred men spring out. Fucking pirates. <laughs> They're like ants. <laughs> they infest. They're pests. All right. And they love wood. So instead of this approach, Davis preferred deception. And also, he didn't just go after ships. One of his, one of his like, favorite targets to go after were forts. Like on land, <laughs> doesn't sound very piratey, right? <laughs> he's he's a pretty he's a pretty unconventional guy. So if you were gonna if you were gonna take control of a heavily guarded, well armed fort, how would you do it as a pirate in a boat? Well, I guess I would first need to park my boat <laughs> so I could go on land. That's a- <laughs> It's a good good first step. Yeah. Um, I would then exit the boat because... I would then exit the boat with a small ramp of sorts so that I could join my men on the land. <laughs> uh, now, realistically, I, I feel like you if you can reach the fort from the water, maybe you try to you know, b- bombard them with cannons and fire from the water. And then I don't think wh- that would work is the thing because forts have guns too. Fuck me. And forts have guns. Damn. Yeah, forts have large guns, and they'll tear apart a ship faster than the ship will tear apart a fort. Mm. Usually, there are instances in history where like a large boat with like tons of cannons would rain down holy fire on a fort and destroy it. Maybe you do that classic thing in like every action movie where you use like a smaller boat to sneak in unseen and infiltrate from within. He took more the approach of a con man. What Davis did instead was he would pretend to be an upstanding merchant or privateer so that he would like, I have goods to trade. Let me into your fort. Like, and because how Davis was relatively charming and slightly better educated than other pirates, he tended to sell the illusion this, uh, the, the best example of this, he did this on the African coast, actually. He came up to the uh, Gambia fort, which uh, mostly dealt in slaves and treasure. And he, he was allowed into the fort under, like, under the pretense of trade or something. He positioned his men between the soldiers and their weapons when they came in. And what so, kind of soldier just leads his... Unimportant. It's part of the story. Continue. Yeah, again, this take this with a grain of salt. Then he draws his pistol and threatens the commander of the fort and takes him hostage. The uh, soldiers not being near their guns or whatever uh, see that and immediately surrender. The pirates lock them all up in the prisons. They then have a night of partying at the fort, fire all the cannons... Take the gold and leave. I like the idea that they had the party first. Yeah! <laughs> they had a party I, I, at the African fort. I don't want you guys making a mess on my boat. So we'll have the party here. <laughs> hey, who wants to fuck up a fort? Oh, man. Uh, let's fucking go. <laughs>
Of course, he tried the same gambit in Principe one time, and the uh, governor there saw through the whole ruse, uh, and ambushed Davis and shot him and killed him. Damn. Yeah. It works a hundred times, and then hundred and first time you get shot. Yeah, it worked a few times at least. And then, you know, but as soon as, as soon as it didn't work, like, it was gonna end in death, because it's a super ballsy, risky move. Right, there's no, like, haha, you caught me, okay, I'm gonna leave now. Yeah, no, it's, haha, you caught me, and then your head is missing. Damn. And that's you the end that of Hal Davis. You His pirating career lasted not even one year. Yeah, but it sounds like he got a lot of living done in that yeah, one Yeah, he year. was a pretty clever pri- pirate. He was, like, not bad at his, uh chosen vocation well he wasn't that good he did die <laughs> here's the thing though that's, pretty shortly it's pretty par for the course there are very few pirates that like really managed a long career like pirates would survive for like a couple years max they were all babies is what you're saying most of them died before the age of 40 <laughs> not that that's uh... super unlikely for the time not like the life expectancy was that yeah i was gonna say like that's probably like five to ten years but a lot of them also died before the age of 30 like uh hal davis like how old davis yeah 29 as it turns out when he died so wait where was the place that finally got him uh, Principe, which is an island in the Guinea coast, uh, sorry, the Bay of Guinea, uh, in Africa. Hmm. Damn. It's like off the coast of Equatorial Guinea today. Man, there's definitely so many places like that, that, you know, like a, a strong pirate was just brought to his end. <laughs> just, I, yeah. Like, there's no memorial. There's no. Actually, a lot of them do have memorials. This is where we killed him. Yeah. Like, there are, like, there are, like, plaques going, like, in this spot, uh, this pirate got his just desserts by the men of this navy. Oh, my God. I don't think Hal Davis has one, though. But who knows? He might. We could start the campaign. <laughs> Should we move on to the next pirate? Yeah, I think we gotta close the book on Hal Davis. Yeah. We hardly knew you. The next one... Uh, is largely speculated to be one of the main inspirations for Jack Sparrow. I don't know how true this is. Because, <laughs> like, Johnny Depp says he based this character on, like, Looney Tunes characters and Keith Richards. <laughs> you know, pirates. Yeah. You know, those pirate types. The writers didn't said they didn't have a ton of historical inspiration when they were writing it. But if they did, it was likely Calico Jack Rackham that was the main inspiration. John Rackham was born around 1682. We have hardly any records of him before his pirating career. So he used a pen name. Yeah. So, and his nickname was Calico Jack uh, because of the uh, clothes that he wore. He liked to be stylish. Hmm. He originally was a trendsetter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, stylish Johnny Depp in Pirates of the Caribbean. He just had those weird braids. I wouldn't call him stylish. Yeah, there's a lot of design going into that costume. That's because it's a Disney movie. I mean, sure, but like, still, <laughs> the point still stands. All right. Uh, he originally sailed with the pirate named Char- uh, Charles Vane. Charles Vane was a pretty brutal. Uh, pirate. He liked to torture people. Not the worst of them, but still. There was a uh, there was a point of contention where Jack Rackham was a mate of Charles Vane's, and Vane saw a large ship that they might have been able to take on in battle, and Vane chose to retreat because they might die. And Rackham called him a coward. And said, if we took that ship, we'd have a gigantic ship to attack other people with. And Vane retreated anyways. And in this, like, super nice democratic process, Calico Jack allows Vane... He he essentially takes over the ship, because most of the men agreed with him. So he's able to go like, hey, Charles Vane, all your men are agreeing with me. I'm going to take control of this ship. 
There were like 90 men on it and only 15 sided with Vane. Yeah, that does seem oddly fair. Like and who instated the Yeah, it's the it's voting a, process. It's a weird the pirates are weirdly democratic. Um they uh, I believe the word is honorable. <laughs> sure. <laughs> what what Jack did was he he took control of the main ship, but they had another sloop, and they essentially just gave Charles Vane and all his supporters that smaller ship, while he kept the big one, and they just kind of parted amicably. Like no no beheadings, yeah, no no, no, no real mutiny. It was just kind of like, all right, I deserve the big ship, you deserve the small ship. Let's go. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I I mean, I guess. There's something to be said about, you know, treating the guy who was in your crew with respect. Yeah, him sail off into the distance. Pirates were big on the, the whole, boat. like, yeah, pirates were big on the whole, like, we're all in this together, like, we are comrades kind of deal. They were definitely, well, usually they were all about cooperating with each other in the face of, like, their enemies. So I, the probably the the, the best story about uh calico jack rackham's exploits is when he was once anchored in a port and a spanish warship had been trailing him and the spanish warship arrived at the harbor but it was uh low tide so it couldn't go in and attack directly so the spanish warship along with this small english sloop that they had captured earlier just sat outside the harbor blocking it off from rackham and Rackham and his men were all, like, drinking in the tavern or whatever. And they come out and they see this fucking guy waiting for them. <laughs> and there's no way they can outgun it. They know that. This thing is is huge and they've got one small sloop. And so this is where I ask you, what do you do? Probably go back to the tavern. <laughs> ah, fuck it. Fuck it. We're done. <laughs> we're drinking tonight boys hang tonight tomorrow we hell. <laughs> yeah actually jack rackham comes up with a really smart way to get out of this uh, supposedly this is as related in a general history of the pirates so again take it with a grain of salt what he did was in the dead of night he waited until it was absolutely dark he got in some rowboats leaving his sloop on the shore and rowed out to that small sloop that was behind the warship and then silently took control of the sloop and sailed off in it. The Spanish warship didn't notice, and when morning came, sailed into the harbor and attacked Rackham's old ship, which had no one on it. And Rackham made his escape. Huh. Oh, wait, he took all his men with him, too. It wasn't yeah, like. All his men just... were in the rowboats. Wow. Damn. But they lost a good ship, it sounds like. But they got another one. They got another one. Yeah. Works out for him. Where were, like, the Night Watch? Not, like, from Game of Thrones. Like, like the people watching in the middle of the night who just, like, saw all these rowboats go by and said I nothing. mean, think about it. The rowboats wouldn't have any lights on them. Yeah, I guess so. Guess they would, like, dark. it's hard to see things that don't have lights on them in the dark. It gets real dark on the sea. Yeah, the dark is dark. I can see how things would slip through. Yeah. In the dark. This, this has been confirmed to you by Big Time Whoopsies. This is a Big Time Whoopsies fact. The dark is dark. It. The dark is dark. Thank you. Thank you for listening to my podcast. <laughs> Here to bring you these historical facts. Well, time and time again, we're just, you know, history repeats itself. <laughs> In that, it's dark every night. It was dark then. <laughs> gets dark now. Yep. <laughs> sometimes it's turns, light, sometimes baby. it's dark. So soon after this, he uh, the, the, the English king started offering royal pardons to stop the pirates. And a lot of the pirates took them, and then a lot of the pirates just kind of went back to being pirates. Mm-hmm. Because it was really easy to take a part and get them off your back for a little while and then just kind of go back to doing what you knew best. Which is essentially what Rackham did. Uh, he takes this pardon 
He lives in port for a few months. In that time, he manages to get into an affair with a married woman. Nice. Her name was Anne Bonney. She was married to James Bonney. You may have heard of Anne Bonney because she is one of the most prominent female pirates of all time. She was not a pirate before Jack Rackham met her. Oh, shit. Yeah. Jack. Rather than uh, stay in port and not be a pirate, Jack Rackham eloped with Anne Bonney and went back to being a pirate with her. Isn't it bad luck to have a like a woman on board? That was yeah, that's one of the superstitions. Pirates but were superstitions. With Anne Bonny, they were just like, ah, she's fine. I mean, Calico Jack don't care. Calico Jack don't care. Yeah. Mainly because he was fucking her, but like, hey. Mainly. Yeah. Nah, he just liked her for her personality. Well, she got pregnant. And her potential <laughs> as a pirate. She got pregnant <laughs> in the in the next couple months. Jack did not waste much time there. <laughs> and actually, unbeknownst to them, completely randomly, Anne wasn't the only female pirate on the ship. Mm. Yeah, like the one pirate boat in the whole Golden Age of Piracy that had a female pirate on it had actually two, because a woman named Mary Reed joined up with them under the pretense of being a man, like she disguised herself and joined. Ah. Uh. I think she only revealed herself to Rackham and Bonnie once they were, like, off at sea. And Jack didn't care. Yeah, obviously. While they were... Sa- they, they, they sail and they cruise and they have fun for another few months, you know, they capture some ships. But Jack and his crew get super drunk one night which you'll notice is a common theme for Calico Jack Rackham and could perhaps have inspired some kind of, I don't know, big screen adaptation starring Johnny Depp. Was the room gone? Yeah. They got super drunk one night, but Anne Bonnie and Mary Reed didn't, and in the morning they were ambushed by the Navy, and Anne Bonnie and Mary Reed had to lead the whole fight <laughs> pretty much by themselves because all the other ones were either drunk or hungover. <laughs> and they do a they do a surprisingly good job like they kill a bunch of them but uh by some accounts but they uh are eventually overwhelmed because you know most of their crew is on the floor yeah exactly not not that like helpful me. exactly like i said thematically appropriate yeah they're all sitting in bed yeah so they're all so- captured Calico Jack is executed by hanging and is then gibbeted. What does that mean? It was a it was a warning to other pirates. It was like a, a form of public execution where they would kind of uh, they would they would be hung and then just kind of left there. Oh, I know exactly what you. Yeah. Sometimes they were left in a metal cage. Sometimes just kind of on a gallows kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, you get the idea. I've seen a pirate movie or two. Mm-hmm. I know what you're talking about. However, Anne Bonny was pregnant at the time, you'll remember. And actually, I think Mary Reed was as well. Jack. Well, we do, I don't think we know that it was Jack that time. There was there was some kind of law saying that you couldn't hang pregnant women. What a silly law. <laughs> yeah, really. You know, we're just, oh man, we can't hang these, but damn but come it. Come on. God, so many people were hanged in these days. Jesus Christ. Like, half of the pirates that I read about just like, oh, and then he was hanged at the end. Great. Cool. (laughs) Well, no, it doesn't sound like any pirates die alone old in their beds. Yeah, it's not not common. That doesn't help Mary Reed, though, because she dies in prison. So they can put pregnant women in prison. They just can't hang them. Well, yep. You can still put pregnant women in prison. Yeah, I guess it's just something you don't think about. Yeah. Mary dies in prison. There's some reports that she might have uh, died in childbirth in prison. But Anne Bonnie disappears. Uh, and this leads some historians to speculate that she might have been ransomed by her, her by her wealthy father or husband. Mm. Like she might have been bought out of the prison, essentially. Because there is no record of her release or execution from the jail and also no record of her death she just kind of disappears the return of james bonnie and that's the story of calico jack damn 
And that's where we're going to take a break for an ad for another show on the Major Cast Network. Do, do, do. Woo! Hello, listener. Do you like a scare, a jump, a fright? How about Maine? How do you feel about Maine? If any of those words made your heart skip a beat, then I've got a podcast for you. King Me is a monthly Stephen King podcast where I, Tom Lockney, and a guest watch through a theatrical adaption of a work by everyone's favorite Northeastern author and talk about it with a little help from the source material. So, if you're feeling particularly brave, join me on my descent into terror on the Major Casts Network or wherever you find podcasts. So is the uh, are the pirates in the stories living up to your expectations? Um, it, it's hard to say because I'm just hearing about them and not seeing them. I'm used to <laughs> pirates being on the big screen wearing mascara. But I can imagine that they would make good spinoffs if they were put on a big screen. Yeah, Calico Jack wouldn't be a bad uh, hero. Well, he had the women. That's a big yeah. draw. That helps. Hal Davis was meh. Yeah. Like he's he's super clever, but it and like the the that would be a good set piece him con- taking control of a fort. Can't make a I franchise guess. out of it. Yeah, he's he's a one-off. <laughs> uh the next guy, however, would not make much of a hero. We're going to talk about a man named Steed. Oh. I was so hoping you were going to say his name was Steve. <laughs> nope. Steve, the... Steve the Pirate. <laughs> it's spelled the exact same way as Steve, except instead of a V, there's a D. Damn it. You should have just lied and said it was Steve. Go, <laughs> Steve? That's so good. Oh, Steve is still better. Steve can you imagine the being, Pirate. Can you imagine being named Steve in 1717? There's probably a pirate named Steven. That that's close enough. No, it's gotta be Steve. You can call him Steve if his name is Steven. Uh. I think for my money, Steed is an all-time pirate name. Steed, it just reminds me of his horse, his trusty yeah. Steed. <laughs> Except it's not spelled as good. Right, exactly. It's because it's it has all the spelling prowess of Steve. Only there's a fucking D there for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> His name was Steed Bonnet. Steed Bonnet. Steed Bonnet. And his nickname was the Gentleman Pirate. He was born in 1688. He was active uh, in the Caribbean because he was, he, I think, believe he lived in Barbados. He was part of the Barbados uh, militia. He married a woman named Mary in 1709 when he was 21. And he seems to have had a fairly stable life with her. He cert- like they both of them came from fairly wealthy families, not like super wealthy families, but enough to be completely comfortable, which is hard to do in 1688. Well, it's not as hard to do when you're like white and family members with a business person. <laughs> I guess that's true. Yeah. By all accounts, however, he wasn't super happy with this arrangement. Like, he's he's married to her for about eight years, but according to some accounts, he got so fed up with his wife that he had to, like, he just had to leave Barbados. <laughs> like, he didn't get a divorce. He just left. <laughs> he the- had, had to leave. So in this situation, Andrew, <laughs> you hate your wife. Hate you her. hate your she's goddamn dragon of a wife. She's a ball and chain, and she's weighing you down. No ball and chains in the car. What do you do? Fleeing the country seems a bit... <laughs> a bit dramatic. <laughs> I feel like you're losing that exchange. You're letting her win. <laughs> yeah, I get that. Well, I mean, I guess if, if I'm a pirate then I'm really only married to the sea. So So the answer is to become a pirate. Oh, oh, I thought he already was a pirate. Nope. (laughs) (laughs) 
my <laughs> I was like, wait, why is this pirate like a settled gentleman? <laughs> he has been a settled, educated gentleman his entire life. <laughs> But he doesn't like his wife very much, so he sets out to sea to be a pirate. Can we still do that? Like, if in ten years from now, like, things aren't going so well, <gasps> I can just become a pirate? <laughs> you can try. Thankfully for him, I guess, he lived in the Caribbean in the golden age of piracy. Business was booming, too. Yeah, good time to become a pirate, I suppose. So... Steed was kind of an unorthodox pirate, as you might have guessed. Most pirates became pirates because either pi- other pirates captured them and, they- and pressed them into service, or they mutinied on a ship and just went rogue instead of, you know, doing whatever else. Ugh. Steed came from money. <laughs> Steed. <laughs> Steed already had riches he didn't need more treasure he was just doing it for the love of the game pretty much so he goes and buys a 10 gun boat what pirates buy their boats right (laughs) he buys a 10 gun sloop despite not knowing how to sail he, he pays people to be, like, his quartermaster, his first mate, his boatswain, that, all, all that stuff. And brings him on board and goes and is a pirate. <laughs> what? Okay. I guess my question is, if, if you've never been a pirate before, you just hire a crew, you hire, you know, you, you get a ship, you get everything you need. Where do you go? Where's, like, your first place? You don't have any... You sail around the trading lanes, I guess. You know, the, the places ships typically sail. Hope something easy to hit comes just, by. Yeah, just throw everything up against the wall. Hope, uh... That's pretty, that was pretty much the strategy. You know, you go to places ships are likely to be. If there's a ship there, you attack. Wow. Well, he must have been a quick learner. <laughs> His first cruise didn't go so well. <laughs> His crew didn't particularly respect him because he's just the money. He didn't know how to sail. They capture a couple boats, but uh, he's attacked and there are storms and he kind of limps into Nassau with with wounds of his own and also his ship is damaged. Hmm. Like, he's in real bad shape. He just, he just, he like stumbles into Nassau like three months after he first became a pirate. It wasn't everything he thought it would be. Yeah. Guess who he meets in Nassau? Um, his wife. <laughs> Good guess. He meets a man named Edward Teach, better known as Blackbeard. The Blackbeard? Yep. As in the only pirate who's ever had a black beard? <laughs> yeah, he's the only one, actually. <laughs> no one else uh, no one else grew beards or had black hair. After that, no everyone felt embarrassed. They were like, well, now I can't grow a beard. <laughs> what are they going to call me? He just completely eclipsed the lesser exploits of blonde beard. <laughs> oh, that's thick beard. It's different. <laughs> there is a pirate actually who goes by Redbeard, but he was uh, two hundred years before Blackbeard. Mm. Also, his he had a like his real name was better than his nickname. Like his nickname was Redbeard, which sure, fine. His name was Barbarossa. Yeah, that's a much cooler name. Yeah, and like you can't have the name Barbarossa and not be a pirate. There's a law. Yeah. Yep, 100%. Mm-hmm. In fact, if that was my name, I definitely would be a pirate. And I wouldn't even have to leave my wife to find out I was a pirate. I would just know. Barbarossa, by the way, is the pirate I was referring to when I said that some pirates started nations. Mm. He was a big deal in the he 16th said, oh, right, century. right, right, because he was boys with Christopher Columbus and they both founded America. <laughs> no. He was, he was after Columbus, actually. Should we get back to Steed? Yeah, let's do it. Alright. So he limps into Nassau and meets Blackbeard. And because he's wounded, he pretty much just, like, runs with Blackbeard for a little while. And when I say he, like, runs with Blackbeard, he was a guest on Blackbeard's boat while he gave Blackbeard the use of his ship. His ship was repaired pretty quickly. Like, and Blackbeard, and he kind of went like, hey, I could use that. And so Bond just hung out with Blackbeard for a while. 
kind of shadowing him. I guess. Like, all he did was, like, hang around. He didn't, like, help or anything. He wasn't in command of anything. Right. This goes on for months. And, like, because Blackbeard's a really good pirate, like, Blackbeard's, like, killing shit, and so this technically counts as part of Bonnet's piracy career. And that's why his career lasts as long as it does. Uh, it's like Chris Chris Bosch winning all those titles with LeBron. <laughs> sure. Just like, yeah, but you're still Chris Bosch. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I don't know. I don't think it should count. I think there should be little little asterisks on that part of his career. Chris Bosch or Steed? Oh, no, no, not Chris Bosch. Sorry. We've moved past it. We're back to the Pirates. Yeah. Nobody on these boats respects him. Like, he's not, like, a leader figure or anything. He's just, like, a guy. Right. Who would get drunk with the crew and wander around deck. I mean, everyone's got to have a guy like that on their team. <laughs> but doesn't mean he's going to be, you know, your best friend. Eventually he recovers. He he takes his boat back from Blackbeard. They part amicably. They go off and do their own thing. Blackbeard is crushing it, obviously. Bonnet kind of isn't. And they meet back up again. And every sailor under Bonnet's command deserts him to join Blackbeard. <laughs> Nerd. Yeah, so Bonnet, without a crew, has to become Blackbeard's guest again. <laughs> <laughs> and that's pretty much what happens. That's like a, it's like a band breaking up because the one guy wants to go with a solo career. Yeah. And then comes limping back to the band. Yeah. Oh, it I didn't g- work out. I guess we could do a collab again. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, after this, he goes out on his own again. He tries to go, uh, he tries to go straight and be a privateer, you know, sir, like hunting pirates essentially, which is a pretty well-established precedent for pirates. A lot of pirates like switched sides and started hunting other pirates. Some of them were successful, but Steed Bonnet wasn't good at being a pirate, and he wasn't good at being a pirate hunter. He didn't... Well, they're very similar. Yeah, I mean, it's the same job, just different targets. Same skill set. You know, except pirates can go after anybody. Pirate hunters have to find specific targets. Mm. So it's harder, is all it is. Yeah. And, like, there is, you know, there is a guy named Benjamin Hornigold who was Blackbeard's mentor and switched sides and became a pirate hunter and caught, like, multiple pirates because he was good at his job. Like, he was a good pirate captain. That would be a cool movie. Benjamin Hornigold would be a hell of a character for a movie franchise. Just pirate hunting. That sounds awesome. Benjamin. Fun fact, Benjamin Hornigold, once when he was a pirate, captured a ship... Didn't kill anyone, didn't hurt anyone, made them surrender, didn't steal any of their food or their provisions or their money. All they asked for were their hats. <laughs> just just to like send a message, just to be like... Because They said that they needed hats because they'd all thrown theirs into the sea while they were drunk last night. <laughs> oh, they were probably drunk when they were doing it. They were like, we should go get a bunch of hats <laughs> fuck these hats fuck them we need different hats these suck then <laughs> they all just start throwing their hats at, like <laughs> just takes them all their hats benjamin hornigold he's great i can see that being a scene yeah in between like the pirate hunting scene and he's got this whole like master pupil relationship with blackbeard and then later on he tries to hunt blackbeard oh I don't think they ever actually fought, but he did. He, he hunted him a bit. Uh, I think Hornigold eventually died in a hurricane. Wow. I think that's the official record. Anyway, we should, we have to get back to Steed. I keep switching away because he's so bad at his job and there are like other cooler pirates. <laughs> he's not bad at his job. He's just learning the ropes. Sure. He tries to be a privateer, a pirate hunter, and he's not successful because he's not good at this. He goes back to piracy because it's easier. Once he does that, uh, he starts attacking sloops from the states, from the Caribbean, wherever. And uh, the states, the United, uh, sorry, not the United States, the 
the American colonies, send out a man named Colonel William Rhett to hunt him down. Colonel William Rhett has a flagship and I think two sloops. And he and he goes and finds Steed Bonnet at the mouth of the Cape Fear River. And what ensues Cape, after Cape Fear? Cape Fear River. Isn't that a really bad movie? It's a Scorsese movie. Oh, why did I think it was bad? I don't know. I I I won't try and say it's like I don't think it's a masterpiece, but you know. Oh, I think I'm thinking of Camp Fear. Is there a Camp Fear? I don't know. (laughs) I think that's a bad horror movie. Yeah, that sounds like a bad horror movie. I think I saw it once. I should probably see Cape Fear instead. All right, continue. Steed is is caught at Cape Fear River. He's got a couple sloops. Rhett has a couple sloops, and that would seem to make them evenly matched. But Rhett vastly outnumbers Steed Bonnet because Steed Bonnet wasn't a good enough leader to have, like, a lot of men. He only had, like, four dozen, which is not a ton for the amount of ships he had. Rhett essentially corners him there. And at first, Bonnet thinks he's a merchant and thinks that he could take uh, he could uh, take control of all of Rhett's boats by just sending a few canoes at him with like armed men aboard which is a terrible idea because all those men would have died except they got lucky because uh the tide shifted and Rhett's flagship ran aground and so the the canoes were able to see that there was like a heavily armed ship and like the the sloops were also armed and so they like went like oh shit turned back and told steve bonnet (laughs) what was happening and what ensues is probably one of the dumbest naval battles i've ever heard of well it's off to a great start so far yeah steed then decides to just attack Rhett instead of like run away or something and Rhett and they're evenly matched in terms of like naval power. But because the tide um I think I think the tide was rising at night and lowering during the day usually. I mean tides work a little faster than that, but they they have to fight at night and during this first like first skirmish, all the ships run aground. <laughs> so now we've got a naval battle. That is entirely comprised of ships that can't move. <laughs> it's like Battleship. <laughs> it is. So what they do I'm going to put my boat here, but I can't move it. For like six hours, the boats just take pot shots with muskets at each other. <laughs> and over the course of six hours, like 24 men get injured total on both sides. You would think they would just call, like, a bit of an armistice and just be like, all right, let's go hang out at the bar for a couple hours till we can get back in our boats. I think Steed's pirates had a slight advantage because the the enemy's uh, boat was, like, heeled towards them. Like, the angle didn't allow the enemy's cover from muskets. Mm. So they could shoot them a little easier, so they pressed that advantage. Steed spent these six hours walking around the deck of his ship threatening to kill his own pirates if they faltered. If you don't die, I'm gonna kill you. Steed is a very good pirate. It's called by his real name, Steve. Alright. Then Rhett gets lucky. The tide shifts. Rhett's ships lift off the ground before bonnets do. And Rhett is finally able to close in and outnumber them. So here's my final what do you do? What, what do you do, do in this you situation? Do? You're Steed Bonnet, excellent gentleman pirate. You are outnumbered and outgunned, and you can't move your ship. <sighs> I, I'm picturing myself being Steed Bonnet in the cabin in my main boat, just <laughs> cowering in fear. Um, I think I would... I think I would be like, we should join forces, even though like that wouldn't work. And he was like searching for him. Like, but, but essentially try and be nice. Yeah. Just kind of cut your losses and be like, I surrender, but I'm a gentleman. So you should take me as one of your own. Yeah. That actually might've worked. 
Bonnet doesn't do that. Of course he doesn't. Bonnet tells his first mate to blow up the ship. <laughs> We're going to blow it up. <laughs> Rather than surrender to the Navy, Bonnet tries to blow up his own ship with all his men on it. We're going to blow this shit. The first mate, like, goes like, uh, are you sure? <laughs> And when the rest of the crew hears about this plan, they mutiny and, like, go, like, no, no, we're just gonna surrender. Actually, is what we're gonna do. Well, if we can't win, then we might as well lose by a lot. (laughs) And kill everyone. (laughs) We might as well not die by hanging. Right. He's not gonna kill me. I'm gonna kill me. (laughs) All the crew is like, what? No! What the fuck? Wait, that's the opposite. We we don't want to die, remember? <laughs> so, Bonnet is captured with the rest of his crew. He's taken back to uh, some town. I can't remember which. He escapes with the help of a local merchant. He's recaptured because <laughs> he doesn't get very far. He's sentenced to death, but the town really likes having this, like, gentleman pirate around who, like, sailed with Blackbeard. And so the town keeps trying to delay the execution because they like him so much. They just want him hanging around. He is eventually executed, though. Damn. Thus ends the career of Steed Bonnet, whose career as a pirate lasted less than two years, and large chunks of it were him just, like, waiting around on someone else's ship or in a prison yeah it was just like him boying out with blackbeard yeah blackbeard was a nice guy (laughs) yeah seriously he let him ride his coattails that whole time yeah and that's the those are that's the end of my main story wow i think steed was my favorite mainly because he really embodied the spirit of a pirate more so than the others i think he may have been the worst at it Mm-hmm. By far. But but who else had the courage to try and blow up his own shit? <laughs> well, Blackbeard... Whom among you will Blackbeard blow up your own shit Blackbeard had the courage to blow up his own beard. What does that mean? He would stick lit fuses into his beard when he attacked. Why? To be scary. That's just silly. That's not scary. <laughs> I don't know, dude. You see a guy with, like... Six pistols down his front, a sword in each hand, with a giant fucking beard, and smoke coming out behind him, like... Well, the whole first... You can't lead like that. Like, the whole first part was really scary, too. He would have been scary whether he had fire, whether his beard was on fire or not. Well, okay, okay. It fed into stuff about him being, like, a demon from hell. Mm. Like, see the cloud that follows him as he attacks. Yeah. That was our first R of the show. Oh, three. Three bad pirate jokes. I can't believe we made it this long. Yeah. Kinda we kinda forgot that bit. Alright. We're gonna get to we're gonna get to one short story about competence, and we're gonna keep it pirate themed, actually. Yes. Because I'm gonna tell you about the greatest pirate of all time. Is it you? No. Is this about like your music pirating or something like No, it is not. Who would you guess is the greatest pirate of all time? Well... You're not going to get it right, so don't worry about that. It's not Steed. We know It's that. not Steed. Well, the fact that you said Blackbeard and Redbeard already leads me to believe it's not them either. If I hadn't sent them, would you have said Blackbeard? Eh, probably. They're like some of the only pirates I know. Hmm. The greatest pirate of all time was named Ching Shi. She was a Chinese prostitute. Ching Shi was a former prostitute who took over her husband's pirate fleet when he died. She married him after working on what was called a flower boat, which was just a floating brothel. Yep, yep. And she was very good at it. No, I was going to say, she sounds merciless. And I... Um, wanted to go back on my favorite or my most famous uh, pirate yeah. uh, answer and say it was Barry Bonds. Ha 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 ha. 
20 minutes late joke, Andrew. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> and a baseball one. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> That's sure to get the kids to listen. So, Qingxi was active in the early 19th century in China. Nobody ever defeated her. She enforced a strict code of, of, of laws on her pirate boats and at one point had tens of thousands of small boats at her command. She essentially ruled part of coastal China. Tens of thousands of boats? Yeah. These aren't as big as like the golden age of piracy style boats. They were typically smaller. But she had this gigantic network of boats. Not and like they weren't all in one place all the time. Right, but still. Yeah, and they just all kind of fed loot back to her. The Chinese government couldn't beat her. She was untouchable. She was like one of the most powerful people, full stop, in that hemisphere. What happened? Well, the Portuguese Navy got called in and she started losing. Like, she started losing more and more boats in these fights because she couldn't really beat gigantic cannons. But she was still, like, going strong. With the, Navy, with the Navy kind of breathing down her neck, the Chinese government then offered her amnesty. As long as she ceased her pirate activities, they would allow her to just live, her, live out her life. Did she get to keep the gold? Yes. Nice. She kept all her loot. She opened a gambling house and lived to the age of 69. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. <laughs> she is the greatest pirate of all time. First, nobody fucking beat her. Like, she never lost a naval battle in person. I don't know how many naval battles she actually took part in, but still. She was more powerful than the governments around her. She had control over a region of the world. Tens of thousands of boats. She kept her fucking money... And then she just got to live out her life. Yeah, I feel like that's one thing people... Like, in most pirate lore, like, it's all about the treasure. All about the treasure. But half the time, the treasure's buried, and they never get to use any of it. She, yeah. got to, she got to use it. Or, like, you know, the treasure they got wasn't that big, and they just spend it on, like, whores and drink. Yeah. And it would be gone in, like, a week. But, not the case for her. Not Ching Shi. The greatest pirate of all time. What, like, time period was this? Around uh, the early time? 19th century. I think she got her start around 1807. Oh, so a little bit later. Yep. About 100, uh, almost 100 years after the other guys I was talking about. Interesting. Yep. Where are the accurate portrayals of female pirates in Hollywood, Rick? Meh. I don't know. Kira Knightley's character in Pirates of the Caribbean is, like, it's not like an actual person, but it's not that far off from what could have happened. Fair. She's like, great in that movie. Like, Anne Bonny is, like, essentially her. She's, like, this sort of rich lady betrothed to somebody else who ran off with a pirate. So she could just kind of be a pirate. Oh, such a love story. Mm-hmm. So Ching Shi, Calico Jack, Steve the Pirate, <laughs> the whole gang... And Hal Davis, can't forget him. Hal Davis, yep. Damn. What a journey. Did the pirate episode live up to your expectations? Yeah, I think it was a pirate episode. And I think I learned a lot. Yeah, Major Cast Network, listen to Media Majors. Uh, I was recently a guest on that one. Had a pretty fun time with that. Um... If you want to listen to more Andrew, he was earlier on this podcast on episode six. That episode was about the miracle at Dunkirk. Uh, if you want more of me, you can follow me on Twitter at Audaciously Yours. You can find my personal website, NoCharacterIsSafe.com. You can check out my other podcasts on the Major Cast Network. And you can go to PasteMagazine.com and search my name and see some news posts I've been writing. Boom. Thanks for listening, guys. Say bye, Andrew. Pirates. Pirates. <laughs> That's the new greeting, guys. Get into your lexicon now. Good night. Thanks for listening to the Major Casts Network. Stay fun. Stay nasty. And stay major.